0: Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, stay Stay in stay lean. lean. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Sasha. And we are joining you from a very balmy, sunny February day in Nebraska. It is currently one degree degree it's not even a multiple degrees (laughs) so it's singular uh it's the first time so far in the day that we are recording that has gone above above zero degrees it was like negative 16 when i woke up so at some point in the last week we have moved to antarctica yeah which is quite the shock to the system
0: Um, I'm really bummed because like now I'm forced to work out in my basement and I don't have anything heavy here. So I'm just like, ugh, annoying. I'm still doing the work. It's just like a lot more reps, I guess is what I'm saying. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's tough, especially if you have a pet, a dog Ugh. that needs to go outside. I feel terrible for them. I like I mean, they've been just running in and out as quickly as possible, but yeah. Jax is he's going to be 10 this spring. He loves to just sit in sun and sunbathe. He likes warmth. I feel so bad for him right now because he just looks sad. <laughs>
0: I let Mario out this morning and he was like limping. His feet were so mm-hmm. cold when he came in. So yeah, definitely not fun to be an animal. Out
1: there. Nope. And that means if you are somebody who lives in, I and now I say this, we have our neighbor next door to us. And of course, if you can hear them in the background, they're now uh, rumbling around themselves. They probably know I'm talking about them. But our neighbors have a, is it a Malamute? It's mm-hmm. it's a big, essentially winter-based breed of dog their dog can sit outside for hours and be happy now they don't even let their dogs sit out very long in this because it's just so cold but I get it some of you have dogs that live for and love this kind of weather but still just be mindful of your pets they they still get cold they're not wearing shoes yeah protect their little pads I
0: really want to get some (laughs) shoes for Mario just because Just for Mm -hmm. content.
1: (laughs) Oh, Scout has... Jax doesn't because he hates them. He won't even, like, he'll just, like, lay down. He won't even attempt to walk. But Scout (laughs) actually does have booties. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we had to get them for her is because when the snow, it melts, but then refreezes, so it becomes really hard. Mm -hmm. She runs really hard outside. So it's the only way, if we're going to let her out, when it's warm enough to do so... way to protect her paws otherwise she's come inside and her her paws will be bleeding so she does have little wellies they're very adorable she still runs like a big old dummy in them but at least she'll run in them jacks like i said you put something on his feet and he just like topples over he doesn't he doesn't exist any longer when something is on his feet
0: (laughs) i'm just gonna go ahead and order some right now yes video next week
1: (laughs) perfect i cannot wait It's been a, uh, it's, you know, as we head into these dog days of winter, (laughs) the Super Bowl has come and gone. So the 2020 football season is officially over, except for unless, I guess, unless you're a fan of junior college football, football. there's there are some football teams that will be playing this spring so like Mm -hmm. if you if you still need to get your football fixed there will be football to watch but the traditional sense of a football season is done nothing about 2020 was traditional but it's really great that we made football happen in a pandemic so that Tom Brady and Nick Saban could win (laughs) more titles (laughs) really fantastic they deserve that more than anyone and I'm just so thrilled for them and their additional titles
0: <laughs> I I really wanted to send a message on Sunday night after the game to you um but I didn't because I I know how Thank that you. feels and it doesn't feel good um so I was like I know I'll talk to her this week so I just kept it for this conversation oh no uh well no I just I I was expecting it to be a closer game than that.
1: I was hoping I it would be a closer game than that. I'm a Kansas City fan. If anyone is new here, I like I like Kansas City. I'm okay with the outcome because there were a number of former Huskers on mm-hmm. Tampa Bay's roster, which very happy for them. I'm actually probably the most happy for Shaquille Barrett, who is a yeah. Boys Town alum played at UNO for one year before their football team was dissolved, had to transfer to Colorado state. He, I'm just so thrilled for him. So it's, it's stunk. I wish Patrick Mahomes wasn't having to be Superman without literally any supporting cast, (laughs)
0: Right.
1: but yeah, I mean, it was still good, good for Tampa Bay. Tom Brady has a ring for every day of the week. I think the man is good. I, I feel like he's good. Mm-hmm. He could probably just call. I, I feel like he's good. There's just no other yeah. way for me to put this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. I here's the thing too. And I know that I mentioned this on last week's podcast, or maybe it was a week before. I don't remember. Time's a flat circle. Um, but I was hoping that if he did win, that he would retire. I don't think he's going to, <laughs> um, but just because like we had, I mean, we had mentioned on that episode too, like the Brett Favre thing. Like I, I wish and hope that every player that is at the top level of anything that they do has the opportunity to go out while they're on top because of the legacy things that come along with that. Like when we think about Brett Favre, we don't think about when he was great. No, We think about those Viking seasons.
1: Yeah. And I think the thing with Tom, what's so, what's so tough here is he's still in fantastic shape. He's 43. He's shown that age really doesn't matter in the sense of he's, he's actually probably not a human. He's probably a robot at this point. (laughs) Uh, If you just look at what he eats, he, the, the man, is a freak Mm -hmm. he probably though the the thing that I was I was thinking he was going to retire as well and then he basically said it after the Super Bowl that he's going nowhere and Gronk doesn't appear to want to go anywhere either Mm -hmm. I I'm not in any way disparaging what his career was like with New England but it is clear that they had a lot of fun this season with Tampa Bay I imagine they would like to recreate that potentially in a season that is not completely dominated by a pandemic. Mm-hmm. It looks like by next fall, things might be a little bit more quote unquote normal. So I could see him wanting to, as Kansas city said this year, run it back. You mm-hmm. want to have that feeling. You want to do that. And Bruce Arian certainly would invite him to, to right. live that dream. <laughs> so I, I, like I said, I I'm with you. I thought, Oh, he's for sure going to be done at the end of this season. But I'm starting to think.
0: Well, reading everything too, like after, after the win. And I don't know if some of this stuff was, was out before that, but just like, we got texts at 11 PM the night before, like we are going to win from Tom Brady, like, Mm -hmm. and, and then hearing like the energy that came along with him and then Gronk and just like everything it was like legit the perfect storm it sounded like from all of it every single component
1: <laughs> yeah he he's just I remember watching the Tom versus time or at least portions of it and I think a lot of people looked at what you know, 40 would be for him when he turned 40, that would be it. I'm now starting to think 45 is going to be that benchmark for him, Mm
0: -hmm. which is
1: interesting. I don't think you have to end on these sort of like certain numbers, but he, he, I mean, he is going to come to the end of his career here soon. I just think if you are him, you want to go out on a You want to go out on a high note. So hopefully 2021 treats him well. I think if Tampa Bay, functions similarly to how it did this year. They should be all right. In fact, I saw some people saying this. I wouldn't even be surprised if Tampa Bay and Kansas City are not two of the teams vying again to get into the Super Bowl in 2021. It just or in this next season, they they're they're still two phenomenal teams. I understand Tampa Bay really did a number to Kansas City, but honestly, it might be exactly what Kansas City needs As a Kansas City fan, I think to be humbled is actually a good thing. I loved Patrick Mahomes after the game. He called his mom or texted his mom, and he basically said something along the lines of, this is only the second Super Bowl. Comforting her, like, this is only my second Super Bowl. He is going to be a phenomenal athlete in this league. He's not going anywhere from Kansas City anytime soon. You know, I think Mm -hmm. 2021 is going to be a fun season for both of these teams, and it would be fun to watch them in some capacity square off again. So sometimes being humbled is a good thing. It might actually benefit Kansas city more in the long run, but it also goes to show how important a strong offensive line is when you're missing a key piece of your offensive line, what that can Mm do. I mean, it just goes, it just, it, it really showed a lot of things. And I understand Kansas city fans are going to point to a lot of the, the calls the referees seem to be playing like calling a really, really tight game on Kansas city and not quite as tight of a game on Tampa Bay. Mm. I'm not quite of the belief that it was a rigged game. There are people who are going to say that, but I don't, I think Kansas city was going to get called tighter in this game. They're the, they're the defending champions. You're going to have a bigger spotlight on you. You are also playing against Tom Brady, who is very smart. So there's that moment against Tyron Matthew where they're jawing at each other, who gets the flag Tyron Matthew does to the point that Tom Brady texts him after the game and basically apologizes for like what was being said on the field. Tom has enough experience to kind of know how not to get caught when doing those things. And I'm not, I'm not in any way saying like Tom shouldn't have been talking trash or talking shit. Like he can do whatever he wants as long as it's not offensive. Right. But that is a good lesson for Tyron Matthew that if you're going to do stuff like that, you got to be you got to be careful in how you're going to respond because it's the same thing. Everyone knows that Tampa Bay's center. He starts so much shit. He is just a shit starter. You cannot get into it with him. You cannot yeah. let him bait you into something. He will do it. And I don't and then care don't if you're a Tampa the Bay crap fan. out
0: of you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't care if you're a Tampa Bay fan. You can acknowledge that your center is one of the, like, he is notorious. You saw it all through the playoffs. He is notorious for just baiting people into stupid situations. But he he knows that it's easy to get people to react. So he's going to sort of jaw at you until you do. You see him always in scuffles. So again, my point is for Kansas City, this is a good lesson, an opportunity for Kansas City to be humbled a little bit learn some lessons, come back. Not only as a strong team, but a smarter team. I think that's where Kansas city failed in this super bowl is they got outsmarted on in all facets of the game. They tried to play their same game, the same game that originally beat Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay said, no, we're going to play it smarter than you. Mm -hmm. That's where Kansas city has to adapt now heading into 2021.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's, I, And you could see that like legitimately from the very first play of the game. I was like, Oh, this is how it's going to go. And when you've got a incredibly talented, I mean, obviously it's an NFL team. They're all incredibly talented athletes, but when you've got someone with the experience of being on that stage, as many times as Tom Brady has a coach in Arians that wants to outsmart you and embarrass you and knows the tools that he have, he has. I mean, it just, it wasn't to me, even the same, even in the same ballpark that, I mean, it just wasn't. And I, funny enough, and this didn't like, like timing wise, I just, I just think overall that, that that Kansas City just kind of fell kind of flat. And when you don't have protection for your quarterback and they're exposing that that's a weak part for your team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that doesn't help either. But I had said before the game, I'm like, I'll be interested because of Andy Reid's, you know, history, how he ends up if it's not going his way after halftime. Um, and I was actually kind of disappointed that it didn't seem like they – really figured out how to stop the bleeding in any way
1: yeah unfortunately we saw a lot of the andy that received a lot of criticism up until the 2020 season a a lot of people now credit so it's interesting and i've said this when your team wins a lot of spotlights get focused right on it and a lot of people know kansas city and know andy Reid for his play calling and his ability to adapt but andy has actually spent quite a few years at Kansas city getting well crap for basically not handling the play clock correctly, making some questionable decisions, which you saw with the timeout question in this game, should he have called a timeout and allowed more time on the clock? So Tampa Bay has the opportunity to score. Mm -hmm. He, when he is on, he's on. That doesn't free him of criticism. That doesn't mean he's a perfect coach. I think he was definitely playing a tighter game. I think he was not as comfortable. And I think the difference between last season with the Super Bowl and this season is there were there were very few expectations. Yeah. It was sort of Kansas City being Kansas City. Play your game. You have Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid is playing, is calling some of the best game of his life. Mm-hmm. But you saw, unfortunately, some of the things that have plagued Andy in his career as far as decision-making, some things that like are, are fair. Now, I saw people calling for him to be fired, fire Andy Reid. I don't know if I'd go quite that far yet as a Kansas City fan. I think he needs to I, – I, I would say in this offseason he needs to evaluate everything around him again Mm -hmm. and get back to what made 2020 so special which was being different which was being you know fast and just Kansas City is going to always have to be a little bit of the the game changer not Mm -hmm. so much following what other people are doing so I think he's going to have to have a little bit of evaluation that he can't operate you, you can't just like you know, mixed repeat, like it has like things have to change a little bit. And I'm not saying that he, he hasn't, but if you're a Kansas city fan, you did see some of the frustrating things that people have talked about in the past with Andy Reed, but a lot of people didn't think about it in 2021 mm-hmm. because after 2020 it was like, Andy Reid is this genius. His yeah. look at his mind. He still is that person. He yeah. just has to have some evaluation.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, hundred. You said it way better. You got what exactly what I was saying, and, <laughs> and, and clarified for everyone what I was trying to say. Um, no, I, I, totally agree with that. Um, you know, I, I, and I think too, like, if, and this just goes back to experience, like in anything, really. Like, yeah, you were there before, but then the adaptation piece needs to be there in in those bigger moments when you've been exploited from the jump.
1: Yeah. And you, and Patrick Mahomes can't be relied on to be everything for Kansas city oh, forever. And he did show, you see some of those play charts and you see how many times he had to scramble out of situations. Mm. And it, I, I jokingly said to somebody, it sort of reminds you now Kansas city's offensive line was definitely in a was th- when you're missing a key piece of your line. And then also like, Tampa Bay's defensive line or defense was putting a ton of pressure that I don't think the line for whatever reason was prepared for. Mm-hmm. You do see the value of that offensive line, but yeah. it also helps remind you of what good quarterback play does because it mm-hmm. can hide those issues. I I've said this before about Nebraska. Adrian Martinez at least in his first season hid a lot of Nebraska's offensive line mm-hmm. issues because he was able to get away from the problem. Yeah. When the player, for whatever reason, so in the case of Adrian gets injured or is being told, don't do this thing, you need to let the play develop, whatever you start to see those, those issues, Mm -hmm. which in Nebraska's case have been on the offensive line, Kansas city's case, the same Patrick Mahomes is probably going to have to have surgery on his toe. Yeah. He was playing. I mean, he played spectacularly, like. I thought he played super well, could have been better. He definitely was missing key pieces around him, but I still thought he played well. But he was definitely not the Patrick Mahomes that you'd seen prior to injuring his foot. Mm -hmm. He was still a little bit more hesitant. And so when you have things that have changed how you play, you start to see the holes and start to see the issues that they were maybe able to hide before.
0: Not to mention... Like, okay, yeah, you've got an injury, you've got some holes on your offense, but when you're have when you playing a defense that was on fire at any key point or any portion of that was game, insane. right, like it, it's hard to overcome that, like period. I don't care if mm-hmm. you are like the legitimately best player that's ever lived ever in any time frame you're not going to be able to overcome that stuff.
1: No, but you know, we hope, and by we, I mean, me and other Kansas city fans, (laughs) we hope that things look better and brighter in 2021. And I say 2020 was incredibly bright. And also if you've been listening, my years are off. I always mess these up because the super bowl falls technically in the other calendar year. Mm. Obviously. I mean like 2019 season, 2020 season, whatever, you know what I mean? Disregard how my brain, it was funny. I <laughs> i did an interview with Barrett Rude for Hill Varsity, and we had this moment of trying to figure out the last time Tampa Bay won. It was technically the 2002 season, but the Super Bowl was played in early 2003. So we were having like this moment of like, which year was it? I'm just telling you, if I mess these years up, it's because nothing, time doesn't matter. Time just doesn't matter. <laughs> but beautiful. The one thing that is really cool about this, so even aside from being a Kansas City fan and all of the Husker connections, all of that stuff, we have to give a shout out to Bruce Arians. And if you have spent any time on the internet in the last couple of days, you've probably seen photos or tweets going around about the diversity of his staff. I really, really love this because on this podcast, we have talked about allies and why Mm -hmm. allies are so important for people of color, for women, in industries where they're prominently they're prominently male dominated, white men dominate that space. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have allies, we can't do all of the heavy lifting ourselves. We need people who are willing to step up. Bruce Arians has certainly put his money where his ma- mouth is. In fact, he actually might help start changing the way the NFL functions. Mm-hmm. Now, I hear you if you are somebody who is watching the Super Bowl on Sunday and sort of rolling your eyes at all of the end racism stuff that they were doing. Now, I I will say fantastic that they're donating money to toward ending systemic racism and making a commitment to that. However, the NFL is not perfect in the space. We also understand that it's not exactly kind to people of color, especially Mm -hmm. when you look at look at coaching staffs and I say this as a criticism of Kansas City as well it's just Bruce Arians has certainly taken it and I love his quote I love what he has said about it because people have asked him you know why have you hired the way you have and he's like I have essentially he felt like the lack of opportunities that were presented to him have opened his eyes to the fact that he needs to open more doors and present more opportunities to the best in the business no matter their skin color. Yeah. Because I want to say really quick before we get into this. A lot of people like to do this thing and I saw this. So Ryan Clark, who works for ESPN, he faced some backlash, which I don't even like saying that. I don't understand the headlines around him facing backlash. He celebrated Bruce Arians and people were quick to be like, not everything has to be about race. Whenever anyone says that, what it reminds me of, not everything is about sexism or racism or this or that. And it's like, when people say that, it reminds me of this. When I say, and I've said this on this podcast before, when I say Black Lives Matter and someone responds to me. No, all lives matter. I actually don't disagree with you. You're, you're right. All lives do matter, but all lives can't matter until Black lives do. So if we're going to say that this isn't about race, it's not about gender, it's not about whatever, that's fine. But then the NFL teams, owners, coaches need to put the time in to make it not a thing, which means presenting those opportunities that may not have been there otherwise. I mean, Arians has said, this was not by design. It is not by design that he has one of the most diverse staffs in the NFL. This is what he said. Those are the best coaches I know. That is how his, that that is how they have made up this staff is he hired the best, the best coaches he knows. So if you're wondering about the diversity of the staff, all three of his coordinators, defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles. Offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. Special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong. They're all black. That also includes assistant head coach and run game coordinator Harold Goodwin. In addition to that, he has two full-time assistant coaches that are women. That includes assistant defensive line coach Lori Locust and assistant uh, strength and conditioning coach Maral Javadifar. Now, Mm -hmm. they call her coach MJ, but I wanted to make sure I said her name because it is important. We say yeah. their names. Um, This is incredible. Like when we talk about allyship, which is so hard because I think sometimes people are like, well, what is allyship? It's, this is it. This is it living in action because the fact that the very next day, after they win the super bowl, Tampa Bay wins the super bowl and the very next day, you know, what happens There are opinion pieces written about how this might change the NFL. Yep. Because, and I love this. Just admit it. The NFL is a all white, all boys club for the most part. It Mm -hmm. has been for a long time. It is incredibly difficult to crack into this space. Mm -hmm. The league is two thirds. The league's players, two thirds of their players are black or brown only five head coaches only yeah. five there are five black offensive coordinators which is what's considered a stepping stone to that position and how many people have spoken up about well take my own team eric b he is the offensive coordinator for the kansas city chiefs and he has now been passed over three years in a row mm-hmm for a head coaching position.
0: Tell me why didn't, wasn't there. a? Oh, I didn't even read the article. Cause it made me so angry. They tried to explain that away too, by saying, Oh, it's not a great interview. Well, and Next he doesn't two. play. He
1: doesn't call the plays. Andy right, Reid calls yeah. the plays. So he can't be the head coach because he doesn't call the plays. Well, right. you know what? I'm just going to tell y'all right now. Bruce Arian said this after the super bowl, when asked about, you know, what does he do in this all thing? He said, "I don't do anything. I just try to get out of the way and not screw it up." So Bruce yeah. Arians is not calling. He is, yes, he is fundamental to the game and to them winning the Super Bowl. But his his coordinators are the ones who call the game mm-hmm. that made Patrick Mahomes have one of the worst games in his career since I think his second season at Texas Tech. Yeah, um, he has a offensive coordinator who called an incredible game against a very tough Kansas city defense. Mm-hmm. He's not, he, he's telling you, he's not the one doing this. This is the assistance that he has hired because he believes them to be the best in the business. And he has trusted them to do their jobs. You cannot tell me a single one of those, those individuals does not deserve, does not deserve a head coaching position right. at some point. So using that against Eric Bieniemy that well he doesn't call the plays he doesn't whatever it's like well that's kind of bullshit because as you see in some cases not every head coach has to be Andy Reid right Andy Reid is Andy Reid but Andy Reid is who he is because that's the type of coach that he is you can't have an entire league of Andy Reid's right you're gonna have to have a coach like Bruce Arians who's like hands hands off you call the plays
0: right well it's just and letting the people shine like you know If you're good at play calling, allowing those people to shine and do that instead of being like, I'll take your input, but I'll be calling the plays. And I'm not saying that Andy Reid's doing that. I'm saying that some coaches do that. Mm -hmm. Like instead of allowing someone to shine and be in that position and do what they're really good at, if that's what they're really good at. Like, I think that it's awesome that he steps back and is like, no, like they're the best. Like that's why Mm -hmm. they're calling the plays.
1: And I'll say this about Arians. And this was written in USA Today in a column. Uh, a, it was a column. It was an opinion piece. But he I, I'm just going to read it exactly as it is, because I think it says it way better than I could. Arians does not go out of his way to hire minorities for his staff, but he doesn't go out of his way to not hire them either. His philosophy is that coaches at their core are teachers and the most effective ones he's known offer different perspectives based off their own unique experiences rather than being slightly different versions of the same thing. His staff, his staff reflects that all three of his coordinators are black as is Harold Godwin. Again, who we mentioned Tampa Bay's run game coordinator. Mm -hmm. He also has two women on his staff. The best school teachers I have ever had were all of different races, all different ethnic groups, male and females. Arian said prior to the super bowl. I mean, it's hard to argue with these results as This column says, now this was written by Nancy Armour for USA Today. You're welcome to Google it and check that article out if you want to. But it's just, he, like I said, when we talk about being an ally and putting your money where your mouth is and sincerely doing something, this is one, hiring people Mm. who don't look like you and are going to challenge things and are going to, in my opinion, make you better. But if you're somebody listening to this podcast and going, well, I'm not in that position. I don't have hiring power. I don't have that ability in my life. So how how can I be an ally if I don't have the responsibility that someone like Bruce Arians has mm-hmm. to find these people? Talking about ESPN analyst, retired NFL safety, Ryan Clark. This is another example of being an ally. On Sunday, he tweet- tweeted, thank you, Bruce Arians, for showing the world that all three of your coordinators can be black. Your assistant head coach can be black. You can have two full-time women coaches and, and be the best team in the world. BA, you are a trailblazer. Leadership doesn't have a look. I love that. Leadership love that. doesn't have a look. <sighs> the problem is, very quickly, and the article that I'm basing this off, Call These People Trolls, I don't even know if I would call them trolls because I don't think these people were trolling. I think they legitimately feel this way started coming in and like pretty damn positive. None of the people you listed were hired based on their skin or their gender. And it's like, well, yeah, no shit. Mm -hmm. Um, But so Ryan bless, bless his heart and not the Southern like kind, like bless your heart, like sincerely bless him for doing this. He went into his mentions and started replying to people and so like that person who said i'm positive that these people were not hired he said i agree but they also weren't excluded because of their color or gender that's the point i'm making i believe that everyone ba hired he hired because they were qualified the problem is sometimes those same qualified people aren't hired because of the exact same reasons y'all this is not new we know this to be the case that if you are if you have the name dave and you apply for a job. And I don't have, and I've done a, I prepared myself for this, but I don't have these numbers right in front of me. So I apologize. But there is plenty of research out there about hiring practices, that if your name is something traditionally white and a male name, like Dave, mm-hmm. You're going to get a callback a certain percent, or you're going to get a callback on an interview or a job a certain percentage of the time, more so than somebody by the name of Aaron, if it's E R I N and not A A R O N. And that is like more so than if you are somebody who's named Levante. Yeah. There there are studies of people who have, there, there are studies from people who've gone out there and applied for same, the same job and use different names with the same qualifications. And this is, this is not, this is not new. This is not a surprise to anyone. So somebody saying the skin of your color doesn't matter. That's actually not what Ryan, like Ryan Clark is not making that. Like he's not saying Mm -hmm. that it does, but he's saying You can't, again, it goes back to that whole thing of like all lives can't matter until black ones do. We can't just keep pretending that things don't exist because we don't want to face them. It doesn't make us weak. It doesn't make us bad people. If we acknowledge our own place in a system that is built on racism. Yep. So he, he spent a lot of time. That, like he said, I will look beyond color when others look beyond color in hiring, developing, protecting. Once all things are equal, I won't have to advocate for those who are excluded. But until then, guess you missed women. Should I not bring them up to Are you just mad about the black coaches? Ryan Clark, thank you for taking this on. This is what I mean. It can be very exhausting for people of color to have to constantly do the legwork themselves. Yeah. It can be very exhausting for women to have to do the, the work themselves. I will be honest that the days that I have to spend telling people why they should give a shit about me as a woman in sports yep. is exhausting. I need men to step up and help help take some of these things on. So if you're sitting there going, well, how can I be an ally when I don't have the power that someone like a Bruce Arians has? we all have a platform, we all can speak up. So Clark doing this, going to his Twitter account and saying, I'm going to speak up on this. I yeah. mean, this is huge. It's, it's, it's so, it's just hard to say like what that means for him to not only make it clear, like I'm not just talking about the diversity of uh, people of color on his staff, but I'm also talking about the women. But there's one really important point I want to make here. Ryan Clark is a black man. He, he's taking that on and including women into that conversation and fighting that, that battle. Yeah. But again, he's a black man having, he, he's, he's being a sincere ally in every sense of the word here. But he's also speaking very directly about his own experiences This is why it's important for white men to also say something, to also go, yes, 100%. Ryan, on on the same page as you, yes.
0: Being an ally and speaking out on those topics, you are then educating the people around you that may not understand Mm -hmm. fully. So if you're speaking out and being like, here, this is exactly what we're talking about by being an ally – As a a male, specifically a white male, whether it comes to um, normalizing, seeing people of color in a coaching job, whether it be supporting women in the sports field, like that's what we're talking about when we're saying that. Like pointing that stuff out to the audience that you know and explaining it to them because They may not listen to me or Aaron. They may not listen to a person of color explaining Mm -hmm. it, but they may listen to you, one
1: hundred percent. And that starts a
0: conversation.
1: I think that all the time. That when I think about, like, take my fiance. If so, people do this thing sometimes, and I'm not. I'm not in any way discrediting like the like the well intentions of this, but people will sometimes make comments to him about. Oh, you know, kind of the whole idea of like, oh, it must be nice to, you know, be with somebody that lo- like be with a woman that loves sports as much as she does. And the thing is, is like that. That is not why he's with me. At least I hope it's not. He's right, never right. been the distinction. Um, but I he is the one like where I could go and say, hey, there's way more to me than what I do and do not know about sports. But when he says it, when he says, you know, there's so much to her beyond her job and her, her Mm -hmm. knowledge in this one thing, it, it, it means so much more to the people who are making that comment to him. Cause if I get defensive and if I say, you know, Hey, there's so much more to me here. Like I have so many facets of my life and like, I know what I'm doing and blah, 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 blah. It just feels like an angry woman. No, it's not heard the same than when he says it. Cause when he says it, those people are like, "Oh, Oh, all right. Yeah. And that's not saying that that person doesn't trust me. They're just going to hear it differently from him. So it's so important when he can speak up about something, Mm -hmm. it does have a different impact, especially on the people in his life. And so that, that is really what it is. And we've talked about this many times on this podcast about This isn't being an ally doesn't require you to go start an Instagram account and start like tweeting everything. It it can be as simple as we, we, how many times have we heard misogynistic things behind closed doors, racist things behind closed doors that we can, we can have a conversation with that person and probably make a way bigger difference in that moment for them hearing us by speaking up about it because they trust us. They know us they're in our lives then, then that, so we all have a different path as far as how we're pursuing these things Mm -hmm. but being an ally is is can be as simple as just speaking up and taking taking some of that emotional labor on some of the education on because like i said ryan clark in this in his tweets did an incredible thing by i appreciate him so much for speaking up and speaking out about women but like he shouldn't also as a black man have to take the entire burden on of that we can take that on too and not to completely like pull another topic in here but I I just have to include it but again this is an individual who I think a lot of people are sincere fans of but I was I hopped on a boot camp a Peloton boot camp Monday night and I I looked at the instructor her name is Jess Sims she's incredible and she has on a yellow uh sports bra and purple leggings. And I mean it was like, oh, something's going on here with the Lakers. Now this this boot camp was dedicated to Black History Month.
0: Mm. So I
1: didn't quite understand yet what was going on. And then she de- says she's dedicating it to Kobe and Gigi just a little bit after a year after their passing. And of course, like it was such an incredible, she did such an incredible job with this boot camp. But like when they do these dedicated rides or dedicated classes, they share information, they share things that you might want to know. And she talked quite a bit about Kobe and him being a champion of women's sports, of girls' sports, and the things that after his career ended. Now, before I go any further, Kobe's legacy is complicated. We don't have time to dive into all of that today, but I want you to know that if you're listening to this and Kobe Bryant triggers anything because of his complicated legacy, I hear you. I don't want to disregard your feelings. Please know that. It's probably going to feel like a disservice because I'm still talking about him, but I just want you to know that I hear you. When I speak about Kobe now, and unfortunately we'll never have the ability to ask him, but it would be it would be interesting in hindsight to be able to ask him about the things that he has learned yep. about the the rape allegations, the rape charges against him and how they how he did or did not grow from that situation. But when we talk about somebody who put action, put himself into action, that was Kobe Bryant. Yeah. He didn't just say, I'm going to support women in sports. He actively did it. And again, I, I don't want to disregard anyone's feelings with his legacy um, and with the it's so hard. And I hope you hear the like. The me even trying to sort of understand how to speak towards somebody who is complicated, but I, yeah. I also hope you understand that what I'm saying in this is that you can be an ally, you can change, you can do things no matter what your history has looked at. So like I I wrote this to Sasha. So this is probably the best way I can say it. Um, Allies are able, allies can evolve. Humans can evolve. They can grow. Just because you have something in your, your backstory doesn't mean that you can't change that in the future. I know a lot of us would have loved to have heard would have loved to hear more from Kobe about the lessons that he'd learned in his life. Um, but we will never get that opportunity, but what we do know is his actions were of somebody after his career was over, who sincerely wanted to be a champion for women in sports. So I think my point here with him is that allyship can evolve. And when I look at Kobe and what, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like if you think, if you think like I look at who I was 10, 15 years ago and I'm not always the most proud of who I was as an individual. And there are plenty of people that you could find. I'm just going to tell you this right now. There are plenty of people out there that you could find who would say, I don't like Erin. She, she wasn't nice to me. She did this. She did that. Mm. She, same for me. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I would be, I would be naive to say otherwise. Um, I hope that I can continue to grow and I appreciate, I think for myself personally, those who allow me to evolve and to yep. grow and to stumble through these things. Now, I understand there's a lot of privilege for myself in the ability to do this because a lot of times people of color are not afforded the same type of of redemption that somebody like myself with the skin color I have is able to, there's just a level of privilege here. Let's just get that out of the way. But anyway, I do think that like when we look at someone like Kobe and the fact that he was, he was a huge fan of the WNBA and how many people after what the WNBA did to support encourage voter registration and encourage people to show up and vote and to exercise their rights applauded the nba wnba for that and looked at the players looked looked at the atlanta team and said good for them
0: mm-hmm.
1: save that energy and show up for their games watch their games yeah. and if you're somebody who wants to do that whole like but the wnba isn't like then you're not willing to be an ally. You don't get to applaud them on one end and then go, but I don't really think that their game is this or that. Mm-hmm. Show up for them. These women are incredible athletes. <laughs> they yeah. could kick all of our asses. They, I don't want to hear about, well, they can't do this that the, the NBA does. Like One, that's actually not true about a number of these athletes, but I think the thing about Kobe supporting – women as much as he did for the WNBA, for the women's soccer teams, it wasn't just supporting young girls. It was supporting young boys because you mm. are providing opportunities for all young athletes, no matter their gender, the color of their skin. You are telling them what's possible. And Jess, says, Jess Sims said this on this camp. Kobe Bryant helped show a world of young people, primarily mm. girls, but also boys, that anything is possible. You don't have to be limited to what somebody determines you can or cannot do that belief system. What is what allows someone like Sarah Fuller to exist? That belief system is what allows uh, the, the super bowl to finally have a woman officiating. Like these are those things that when you believe that all things are possible for all people, regardless of gender or race, they can go make that possible. You can see If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can work toward it. That is why what Kobe did was important. And I will, I will commend him for that. And I I look at the people who have looked at Kobe and are following in his footsteps, Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. He is somebody who, if you haven't had a chance to look up that story from a couple of years ago where the young girl wrote him a letter that was basically like, I want a pair of your shoes, but all of your shoes are only for boys. And The funny thing was they weren't. However, in the branding and packaging and selling of his shoes for kids, they were always placed on the boys' side of their websites Mm -hmm. because of her, because of this young girl reaching out to Steph Curry and saying, I just really want your shoes. Not only has he personally made an investment in making sure that these shoes are available for young girls, but now you can find these shoes listed for both girls and for boys. Yeah, Growing the games for women requires allies. Bryant was one of the best in that department, but he is also bringing, he also brought others along. Again, Steph Curry, um, Kyrie Irving is a big supporter of the WNBA.
0: To look at and then, you know, like, okay. Because I think too, sometimes what it comes down to is like, it's not even like, It is very much, I don't want to take away from this. It is very much setting an example and being an ally um, for young women, girls, boys, people of color. But it's also being that example for other people that may be wanting to do those things, but don't have the courage or the example to be led by.
1: 100%. I mean, you think of like, Okay, so I'm looking at a story right now that was published right after um, Kobe's untimely death. Um, But there are are players, there are women's players who have said that watching Kobe Bryant play is what ultimately led them to choose basketball over any other sport. Um, And I liked this quote Uh, This came from one of the people that was quoted in this Los Angeles Times article, which I'm happy to link in the show notes. But who would have predicted that 10, 15 years ago that one of the biggest legacies, one of his biggest legacies would be on women's basketball and girls basketball? And again, this is what I'm saying about the evolution of allyship and the evolution of people. Because, yeah, 10, 15 years ago, I don't think people would have thought that with Kobe Bryant. But things changed for him he after he was done with his playing career and after a very I mean he put he put this into action now again I I just want to be clear on something because I feel like I'm doing that thing where I dance around a topic and I don't like it when I hear myself doing that so I just want to just we do not have the time on this particular episode to dive into this but understanding that human's are not perfect individuals by any means. But what I am referencing, if there's any confusion here is that in 2003, Kobe Bryant was charged with one count of felony assault after a 19 year old worker at a Colorado hotel said that he raped her. Um, she did not testify against him. Prosecutors dropped the case in September 2004, which when a accuser chooses not to testify, a lot of people often assume that that person then was lying. That is not what that means. Mm-hmm. Please do not do that. If you are somebody who immediately goes like, why does it take somebody so long to speak up about somebody, something or why does it take why does this person then not testify? It's because of the uh, society that we have built where it is very difficult to be an accuser. It's very difficult. Um, this a civil suit was later brought by the accuser in august of 2004 or was brought in 2004 and was settled out of court in early or mid mid spring 2005 um this article goes on to talk about for a coach who this is the they were speaking to a women's coach who preaches the importance of responding to events this coach felt that bryant appeared to grow as a husband and a father, and that there's space to appreciate his redemption as well as recognize the suffering that was caused by his actions. What he did was horrific, um, but like I said, I, I agree with this coach that he, at least through his actions, showed the effort toward redemption. When we talk about redemption of not giving somebody that opportunity, don't let somebody just be redeemed for the sake of saying it. They need to put their actions into place. Kobe was on that path. Kobe was actively supporting women, women's basketball, women's soccer, girls, basketball, girls, soccer, girls sports. Like he was actively doing that stuff. Now his legacy ended before we probably would have really seen what more there was to it. And that's Mm -hmm. very unfortunate, but I think there's space to feel complicated feelings about him as an individual while still ex- still acknowledging him as an ally. And I hope if you're listening to this, I hope that you know that I don't want to disregard and diminish anything about the complicated piece of people's legacies. But I just still do think it's really important to acknowledge his place in being an ally because – to the listeners for the record, a lot of you are men. You email us and thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for telling us that you make this a part of your lineup every week because you feel like it's a little bit different. It provides a different perspective. Thank you. That's allyship right there. You choosing to listen to this, to subscribe to this, to send it to people that you know, to leave a rating, to do all of these things, to spend the time emailing us, that is allyship. It's also yeah. allyship when you show up to coach your daughter's basketball team or your daughter's soccer team. It's also allyship when you show up in those ways. Like do not let me like make you think that like allyship has to be this like it is not this easily one single defined thing. It's how you are in the bigger picture here. So yeah. when your daughter is going to sign up for basketball, volunteer yeah. But it's also being an ally how you speak about it. Yep, Speak about her participating in that in the exact same way you would speak about a son. And if you think I wouldn't speak about them differently, make sure you mean that because I'm guilty of speaking about things differently. And if I'm guilty of it, we you all are. All <laughs> too, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, so like, don't get defensive on that. Just realize like we all say things and we all... Um, could be better and words matter. So just hear yourself. That's being an ally too.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: The only, the only other thing I have to say on allyship for this week is stop putting the word lady before Mm. women's sports teams. Although I do have a caveat to that, but Jake Ryan his, at, his Twitter handle is at yes, that Jake Ryan. He tweeted a photo on Monday of two teams being called the Lady Greyhounds and the Lady Iowa Western. And he said, can we not do better than this? We have, we still have far to go. First and foremost, why do you have to call them the Lady Iowa Western? But
0: And also, um, they're why? the Reavers, first of all. So they didn't even get the name right. Um,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I this is something that started quite a while ago. I, most people know I went to Iowa Western, so that's why I know they're the Reavers. Um, but it was like one of the first things that we were taught. Like you don't need to Jake Ryan was my teacher, just so we're clear um, <laughs> small world. <laughs> um, but that was like one of the first things, like you don't need to call out the fact that it's a ladies team. Like you don't call them the lady Huskers when you're talking about the volleyball team. It's the volleyball team.
1: No, and nor should you stop doing that.
0: (laughs) Right. Like you don't, you don't need to point out or put lady anything. It's just the softball. You don't say the women's softball team. It's the softball team. Like, I don't, it's something that has always driven me crazy one, because it's not the correct way to announce it. But Mm. two, it's unnecessary. It's needless.
1: Well, I mean, so here's the thing. Like if you're somebody who's like, but I call like in Nebraska, they have a men's basketball team and a women's basketball team. Well, yeah, they have two teams. So one is the men's team and one is the women's team. However, when the women's team is playing, they are not playing the men's team at the exact same time. So you do not need to differentiate between them. They're just the Huskers. So When the volleyball team takes the court, which by the way, there isn't even a men's volleyball team in Nebraska. So you really don't need to differentiate, but you do, you do not introduce them on the court as here come your lady Huskers. That is not how here come your Huskers. Like that is Mm -hmm. what it is. It's just, they are Huskers now my caveat to this is if you are sincerely like, but uh, Aaron, I have to use lady. I have to just do it. I have to put lady before it because I need people to know that they're women. That is totally fine. What I am now requiring of you is you have to put gentlemen before everything for men's words. Mm. So the gentleman Huskers, yep. you're going to talk about how you're a fan of the gentleman Huskers football team. That's fine. Like if, if you want to do that, that cool like i sign me up i'm here for the gentleman's golf team and the gentleman's uh basketball team but that is your that is your rule if you are going to use lady you have to start putting gentlemen before every other men's sport that you talk about and if right. you can do that i'm good i don't have an issue
0: i'm fine there's only one team that i could think of off the top of my head that actually is per the school called it's the lady raiders for Mm -hmm. Texas Tech, but that's the only one I can think of. And that's because that's like historically what they've been called.
1: Yeah. No, there are some like, and I don't want to like, I don't want to take away from like, there are some teams, like I think the, so LSU's dance team is the LSU tiger girls. Like that has been their name forever. They're not changing their name. I'm not asking them to change their name. I, if somebody is the tigerettes or the um whatever but like if you look at nebraska nebraska is not the huskerettes they're not the uh they're not the lady huskers they are just the huskers in fact if you want to be really really uh if you want to get really detailed it's technically the corn huskers so y'all need to start adding corn before (laughs) your huskers but no like There's no reason to differentiate that. And to be honest, in my opinion, that is an easy way to be an ally. is Stop putting the word lady before everything. And I see this all the time when people are like, great job, ladies. Like,
0: please stop.
1: (laughs) Just stop. And with that said, stop calling full-ground women girls. They're women. Oh, my gosh. Y'all, I could go, like, y'all could hear (laughs) me get real fired up about this. I will spare you on this for this week. But it's just, I think the biggest point of all of this is we all have a role to play. We all can make this world better for each other. We can make it better for our kids. And I've said this and I always, I know I say this a lot that I, oh, I've said this before, but I, I mean it. I think at the end of the day, we all want generally the same things. Yeah. You just have idea, different ideas of how to get there. I think if we spent more time listening to the people who say this actively affects me, we'd get a lot further.
0: So I when a just woman- to bring that up. Like we uh, think a lot of times in society, like I think that we have similar ways of saying things, but we're not saying it exactly the same way. So we don't think we're on the same page when we've been on the same page all along. So listening, I know we say to listen a lot on this podcast, but it's super important because maybe you really are saying the same thing and you're Mm -hmm. not actually mad about anything. And you've already like been on the same page, like being an ally could be the same thing. Maybe someone just needs to hear it differently. So saying those things out loud so that people have the opportunity to listen to what you're saying, that's all we're asking. Like speak, out loud about this stuff.
1: Yeah. I just, it's, it's really, I think that's such a great way of saying that. I think that's, you said it perfectly. Just listen to how, what people are saying, because oftentimes, so oddly enough, and not to like draw this all back to where we started, but when you look at what, um, when you look at what Ryan Clark was saying on Twitter on Sunday, what he was saying actually was not in disagreement with most of the people responding to him. So the person who said, I'm pretty damn positive. None of those people you listed were hired by him by BA based on the color of their skin or their gender. Ryan was actually agreeing with him. His entire original point was that Bruce Arians is hiring the best at what they do. And that is regardless of all of that. Mm -hmm. So when you look at those two comments, They're not actually that far from what each other are saying. Taking a step back and being like, before I get mad, is this person actually in agreement with me? You might be surprised how much, how, how close you are, how, yeah, there might be some fundamental, like not fundamentally different, but some like small differences, but the fundamental idea is the same is what I'm trying to say. Just take a step back for a second and don't get mad. Now there are some people who are very much like, now if somebody came into his mentions and was like he absolutely shouldn't hire any of those people like go off like those that's not the right. reaction but most of the responses that he was responding to that were upset i actually think those people if they just stop for a second would realize what ryan clark was saying was exactly what they're saying right he's exactly. just saying it in a way that
0: is more inclusive right yeah it's you just gotta listen
1: I really do. And it's so fun saying that when we're talking on a podcast and your only choice right now is to listen to us, but you are able to respond back. So you can shoot us an email at mind podcast at We are here at all times, uh, full transparency. We're kind of in the process of like transitioning it so that those emails like also bounce right to us directly versus just that. So if it takes a little bit longer to get back to you. Please don't think we're ignoring you. We're just making a couple of small little tweaks and changes. Um, but you can, like I said, email us at podcast at hillvarsity.com. You can tweet at us. I'm at Erin Sorensen. She's at Sasha72. Also, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. I do have one quick request with that, though. If you are going to leave us a rating or a review, please only do so. You don't have to give us a five-star. I'm telling you that right now. If you really don't think it's worth a five-star, which I think it is, but like if you don't, that's okay. Um, But don't troll. That's all I ask, especially as women in sports. It's really easy for women's podcasts to get trolled by people who don't want to listen to something and just want to say, like, I don't like this thing. I'm not against people saying I don't like this thing, but please don't troll on reviews and make that the case for any show you listen to. It doesn't benefit you, but it actually does more harm to the individuals in the show. So. I don't think any of you, if you're still listening to this, would go actively do that. But if you are still listening and haven't left us a review, head over to Apple Podcasts and please do so. It would mean a lot. Again, I joke that you have to give us a five-star. Five-stars definitely help a lot, but you can be fair. It's fine. I won't be <laughs> mad, but just don't troll. That's all I ask. Just yeah. don't troll Absolutely. on any women's shows or any Absolutely. show for that matter. Don't be, really. don't, be <laughs> don't be a jerk. Don't be a troll. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a troll. Um but yeah. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully when we talk to you again, it will be at least a few degrees warmer. No promises. Yes, hopefully. I we're going to have snow on the ground till April, aren't we? Like this is I not going so. anywhere.
0: <laughs> I think so.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. I'm going to I'm going to like probably Oh. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it everyone. If you're feeling overwhelmed, we're with you let's <laughs> yeah, just agreed. stick together oh my gosh but until next wednesday thank you for joining us go listen to old episodes leave a review email us we'll talk to you next week Bye.
0: a Huda media production